Visit the Ford Fan Zone on Level 6, where there are free pop shot games, cornhole, and foosball tables. At the next Jazz game, enjoy incredible city and mountain views while relaxing, enjoying food and drink, and taking in the game and socializing with friends. So I got a question for you. Oh, boy. This is very important to me now. Oh, yeah? <laughs> very important? Uh-huh. Very much. And you'll oh, see. really? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Do dogs go to heaven? No idea. I don't know on that. I've got one vote, no idea. I've wondered that many times, but I honestly can't give you a... uh, All dogs go to heaven. There's no doubt. I mean, there's a... Really? I know that's a movie title or a book title, but but is that true? That's just my gut feeling. Is that doctrine? I can tell you early on, I was told no. Told no. By my mother. And I mean, early on, I was... I don't even know if I was in elementary school. Carol knew. Mama Sniggs just. I don't know like if I was four, five, or six, but there's no way I was ten. I mean, I was way younger than. Was that, that before or after she told you there was no Santa Claus? It was before we had a pet that died. I wasn't uh, personally invested. We got a dog when. So I was you better say goodbye now because that's in the it. Second or th- <laughs> third grade. Carol I, was kind of cold there, <clears throat> and the dog died when I was in high school. And it was long before that. Yep. Yeah. People have souls. Animals don't. But now that uh, I've had a couple pets, and there's a story I did. Well, Reese Stein did the story. You're I just breaking it down. Have fun. Typical yeah, CJ. Absolutely. <laughs> just sit back for a I've second. I've wondered about this. I mean, you, did you want. Okay, never mind. Go I'm ahead. Not, no, go I'm ahead. not telling you. Don't freaking I'm pout. pout. Oh, go capital ahead. P. I, you're oh, doing a story. Reese Stein was doing a story. I actually. This is one of the few times I want to hear it. It was almost a compliment. Yes. You are nothing if not. So we, uh, he said, uh, I'm doing a story with Hawkwatch International, and they count all the birds as they migrate in Uh the fall, right? Right. So we get up, this is before I'm doing radio, uh, we get up at like 4 o'clock in the morning or 3.30 or something ridiculous, Uh and I got to meet him at the station. And we go to the station, we drive out to Wendover, and then um, he gasses up there, and then we drive down on a, there's a state route in Nevada just barely across the border paved two-lane road. We drive for like half an hour south, and then when it's some uh, yard, you know, the uh, road crews have like the salt, and there's a little shed or whatever, and they got some vehicles. You're way out there. We are way out there, and we turn to go on a dirt road for 20 minutes, and we stop in a clearing with like 20 cars, and we get out, and I've got the tripod. Ah, that's why Reese brought me along. Now I get it. I'm carrying the tripod. Photographer's got the camera. Reese's got a backpack with some water and stuff, and we hike up in the mountains, and it's two miles. It's two miles, and it's about a 2,000-foot elevation gain, and we're- Where are you going? We're on a ridge line. Is this naked and afraid? Uh, We're on the ridge line. Everybody (laughs) was- out with bare grills out here? Everybody was fully clothed. (laughs) So we get up there, and there must have been 20 or 30 people from Hawkwatch International, and they're camping up there. Apparently, the National Guard flew in tents as kind of a drill. It helped them out, and the National Guard got to practice. And they're up there for weeks counting these raptors as they fly by, and they trap some of them. And they let me release one of them, and the thing's in the tube, and they banned it so when they see it in future years, check the health of the species and all that. And I'm looking in the thing's eyes, PK. Somebody was definitely home in those eyes. Those eyes, that like it was smart. That was a, it just they're not they're not some, not some drone. Just I, I just can't. There was like a connection. So now you it was think, a weird thing. You think they are, and it made it opened the door. I'd always assume no, and then it, it opened the door. It's kind of like man, there's something I need going to go. on here. I mean, I need to know because I am in total mourning here with yeah, the loss of your, this dog. Your dog died on uh, New Year's Eve, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah, the night of the thirtieth into the thirty first there. 
yeah. pretty suddenly because the dog had been sick and you told me uh-huh. the dog is supposed to live like 10 years tops, right? That's what they say, yeah. Yeah. And then there was a cancer diagnosis and you were told six months and how much longer did the dog live? 13. 13. And I was actually 13 months, yeah. over at your house um, on the, uh, what day was it you were leaving? The 20... 20- 20th. 20th? Yeah. And the dog looked like a million bucks. It's always been in the back of my mind since you told yeah. me. And the dog came bounding to the door and looked great. Looked like, well, yeah. you got to put this dog on a leash and take it for a run. Which we do many, did yeah. many times. And so I was surprised when you, uh, we were at the Alamo Bowl and there was like a TV timeout at some point and your seat was one row in front of mine. And uh, you walked back and leaned over and like, the dog just killed over. Just yeah. my, it wasn't doing well, and my wife knew she had to take it to the vet. And the vet's like, "There, it's like a gazillion dollars worth of surgery, and no guarantee that it'll do anything more than a day or a week." And so I need to know if dogs go to heaven. And I know you. I'm people, open to it now. You I, people I, are spiritual people far more long than story, me. Long story. Long story short, uh, I thought I was told and totally bought it that the answer was no. And uh, interacting with a few animals, especially that bird. Well, you're 20, freaking Doctor Doolittle now. All of a sudden, a little bit. A little yeah. bit, yeah. Should have taken Robert Downey Jr. out of the movie and put DJ no, 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 in. No, no. Reese, Reese took me on some so really good stories over the years. I need that you, many one. of you are elders, and I need you to tell me. I want a consensus, a general consensus of opinion. Do dogs go to heaven? Now, I found out from one elder who's literally an elder as we speak. Yeah. My neighbor. Just turned to 19 on Monday, and he, he's he got a gentle soul, and he's serving a, a Latter-day Saint mission in Norway, uh-huh. the land of his, literally his grandfather, and, and grandmother for that matter. They both came over, and uh, he was the one <clears throat> who took the Down syndrome girl to the prom. Just, just a great, great heart. So I believe this kid. And so... I, I literally have watched him grow up because mm-hmm. we've been in that home over 20 years and he just turned 19. And so his parents said, hey, it's his birthday. Could you send him an email? Absolutely. Love the kid. So I sent him an email and I tell him mm-hmm. in there that the dog died. And so he responds. He says, I'm almost positive dogs go to heaven because it wouldn't be heaven unless they were there. So I got some evidence from someone who has the spirit with him. I certainly don't. This is the last thing I got. And then, this was sent to me. Now, this is apparently some gal. You may know her, Yach. She is uh, a lady who apparently has converted and to the LDS faith, and she's all tatted up. And she, this was sent to me, a, a posting. Is her name Al Caraway? Yes. Okay. I, know I, knew, you, I knew you would know. I didn't know... I've read the, the last name stuff. is yeah. the Al. But anyway, yes. And so there's this posting on Instagram that uh, she basically writes that, yes, uh, the dog's name is Lucas. Lucas is pleased with the life he had. He misses you and the whole family, and he was meant to be. He moved on to the next phase. He'll always be near you and watching over you, blah, blah, blah. Heaven would not be worth it without having family, including animals. They're celestial beings. So I'm good to go. Jill, just a former Channel 2 intern who comes to our yes. remotes and stops by. You've gotten to know her. She's a hardcore sports I fan. I know her, yeah, yeah. Way into the jazz and the utes. Sure. Nice lady. All caps, yes, dogs go to heaven. 
Next text, yes, 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 all caps. And then the last one, not all caps, I'm basically an elder. <laughs> Way to go, Jill. <laughs> so, you know, not exactly, but uh, basically. Yeah. So is this true? Can I find comfort? Yes. Okay, you can't just say this to comfort me. So it has the, to be true. The other thing you got looming out there, and Yach probably knows right where it is, because, uh, you know, I'm basically semi-awake and pay attention half the time when people are telling me important stuff I need to know. And that doesn't just limit it to church. I mean, that could be Yach telling me what read I got coming back from break. This is true. <laughs> Yach, I know you told me two minutes and 14 seconds ago, but... What was that read again? What was that again? So uh, there's a point where uh, we're told we're going to enter the kingdom of heaven. Assuming we get in. Uh, as children, there's going to be all kinds of surprises and all kinds of stuff we don't know. So we're, I think we're going to be kids? Yes. You don't know anything. You can't, you don't get to know. That's the point. You got to make decisions here based on not knowing everything. Give you a few hints. Get to the pearly gates. No, no, okay. A few breadcrumbs. So what you're saying is when we get there, we're, we don't go at the age we die. We no, go no, as no, a no, kid. No, 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 no. It's not that. It's just not, it's not, a, I'm not talking, I don't think the point of this is the, actual age. I think the point is your knowledge. There are things you don't know. You know, kids don't know. Well, I I don't know anything. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) So what I'm telling you is the answer maybe or probably could be the most you get because you don't get to know everything right now. Find out then. Yeah, but if people are mourning the loss of their pet, one of the things is you mourn the loss of a loved one. The comforting aspect is that yeah. Well, I'll see him or her down the line somewhere. So why would God withhold that knowledge if you're grieving a loss of a pet to know that you can have that opportunity? Why would this being, he, not have that information out there now? Yeah, or is you, it out there? Need, That's what I'm asking. Is it need, out there? And I just haven't to, found it. You need to talk to somebody smarter than me. We just had a call coming <laughs> from Steve. Yeah who said that Joseph Smith, of course, the founder of the LDS faith, said that he would have his horse with him in heaven, so that should solve any problem. Well, he said go. that? There you go. Corey, where's, where's Steve, I, I, I need to say that. Where's Do people that bond more with dogs or horses? Because horse people really who? bond with horses. It kind of depends on, yeah, what oh, you... Yeah. Where, where you're... Yeah. I mean, people really bond But with it's horses. much easier to have a dog. I had a great-grandfather who yeah. rode a horse his entire life in yeah. southeastern Idaho. So he's obviously... And how long do horses live? Mm, they can live... 15 years? Yeah. 20? Significant lives, yeah. Significant chunks. I think it depends on the kind of horse. Yeah. How long did Secretary live? Didn't Secretary live like a quarter of a century, 27 years, something like that? Of course, Secretary had a massive heart, so maybe Secretary was an outlier. Ooh, man, you had to be nervous when you were going to say Easy. that. Easy. <laughs> uh, Jill is just wearing out my phone. I'm going to have to charge the phone here in the 8 o'clock hour because it's not going to make it to the 9 o'clock hour. I know things. Animals are the best. Oh, well, okay. Wow, you have bonded with Jill. We can agree on that, but that still doesn't tell me, do I have comfort well, that knowing goes back to that next... I have a possibility well, to see were, this dog again? Those were two texts. She would refer you to the first of those those two. I know things. Secretariat was 19 years old. 19 that. years old. Mm-hmm. Okay. So in the 15 to 20 range then, ballparkish. Yeah. So I need it because this has been a major, major blow. And... It's got, and I've never contemplated it before, never, but I'm contemplating it now. And so I got an elder ter- ser- serving in Norway telling me that he's almost sure. Can you guys got 
connections. Can you get somebody in on the line down the down the road here? See what I can do. We can talk a little sports. Yeah, see what we can do. Because okay. I, well, I know some of them are into sports. Devin Durant, come on, former BYU basketball stars. Well, look down the road. He's down the road? I think so. He's in the 70. So we'll get him on to talk about the Cougars. Well, yeah. get Mark then, on to talk about it because Mark has a direct connection. Exactly. And Mark actually reached out to me on the death of my dog. Oh, there you go. Let's get Mark, yeah. Yeah. So that's close enough. Mark, if you're listening, let us know. I need to know this. This is a serious topic. Are they going to be there? It would make sense. But things of the afterworld sometimes that you think make sense, maybe they're not, maybe they are. Because it's know. mysterious. I know. Back but it, to my point about you don't get to know. I know, anything. but why wouldn't you get to know? That's what I do. All right. If so, you're a believer, why wouldn't you? I mean, you don't know until you get there anyway. But if you're a believer, why wouldn't you know? Why wouldn't there be some do. type of doctrine out there on that? Well, if there was, Yach would know it. I mean, you and I might not. We're not that good at people. But Yach! Yach's on the phone now. How about our <laughs> listeners would know it within a second? Yeah, I know. And they don't. It's a gray area. Now, I've heard the story. It was told to me in the neighborhood. Someone in a, in a, in a Sunday lesson was asked, asked the question, can you, give, uh, can you give a dog a blessing? And the teacher said he thought so. Or no, no, you couldn't. I don't think so. I think he said, I don't think so. Then he said, somebody else said, how about a cat? And the teacher said, absolutely not. (laughs) (laughs) All right. That's just personal bias. (laughs) We just had a phone call come in from uh, P. Hun, as PK likes to call them, who said to use the name Debbie. She wants to have some fun with you. I already don't like this. <laughs> but she did say, I have a general authority in my family who says that pets and animals will be in the next life. To go back to the story I told you, the thing that made me think, uh, maybe mom fed me some bad info years ago, um, is that uh, the stories from the people who have the near-death experiences, right? And all these stories of, uh, you know, these rolling grassy hills and it's beautiful and, you know, there's sure. these colors in the sky that they don't, there aren't words for because we don't have these colors. And I'm thinking anytime I go to um, a national park or a state park or, or there's even one of our local parks, it's kind of like, and if it's a, bi- a good spring day, you know, and we're out of the clutches of all the snow and ice and the winter and that, and the hideous inversions that I hate, PK. Do one of part of the magic, and, and for golfers, when you're out on a golf course, well, part of the magic is hearing the birds chirping, right? So if it's going to be that awesome, don't there have to be birds chirping? Yeah, but they could pipe in music. Piping, <laughs> <laughs> you, you got me there. <laughs> you got me there. <laughs> pipe in music. So if they're going to be birds there chirping on the rolling hills yeah. and the verdant, uh, lush, uh, you know, meadows or whatever that people are frolicking in, well. Let's go. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Do you ever see the, uh, what was the Robin Williams movie where uh, he died and went to heaven? I think they put dogs in heaven there. So, you know, if you want to go with Hollywood, that's an affirmative from Hollywood. Yeah, but if I'm listening to Gervais, they don't have any leg to stand on. They don't know what they're talking about, man. <laughs> Come up. <laughs> Thank your agent, thank your God, and bleep off. <laughs> yeah. And now he's out there playing a victim. Did you see that stuff? about? No. Uh, yeah, the, all the blowback, not, and he I'm doesn't care. Host I'm not again. hosting ever again, yeah. so I don't care about all the blowback. And people on Twitter are like, what blowback? 
Everybody thought that was funny except for possibly 40% of the room. It's not, Even people in the room thought it was funny. Well, there's a lot of reviews that I think is what he's responding to that said he was over the top. Oh, yeah? Yes. Oh, okay. So it's not necessarily the social well, media Well, PK's reaction. got theories on the reviews. Everybody who reviews a movie thinks it just didn't live up to its promise and it yeah. should have been better mm-hmm. or it just flat out sucked. And everybody went to a concert and was, well, it wasn't perfect, but That's why man, called critics. it felt good. and was Yeah, but it's all positive about the concerts and negative about the movies. Got any theories on the TV award show reviews? <laughs> All right. Jill gets the last word in this segment. If PK really wants to know, he could just ask Wit. <laughs> Would he know? Kyle's got all the answers. All right. I think I might. See? There you go. All right. DJ and PK coming up next. Roxy Bernstein. You see him on the Pac-12 Networks. You see him on ESPN. He's going to call the BYU-St. Mary's game. Tomorrow night, we'll talk a little West Coast Conference hoop and Cougar basketball with Roxy Bernstein. Stay with us. And now, attention, top of the wire on 97.5-1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Utah Jazz face the New York Knicks tonight, 7 o'clock, AT&T Sportsnet. Zone's coverage begins at 6 o'clock with Jazz Game Night, the pregame show. Last night, the Knicks were playing in L.A., and they got routed. Lost by 30, 117-87. to Game featured an ejection. Bobby Portis taking a swipe at Contavious Caldwell-Pope's head and getting kicked out. And Anthony Davis also exited the game early, fell hard, and walked very slowly with an apparent injury to his lower back and or his tailbone as he headed back to the locker room. Get an update on his condition later today. Utah State lost their third straight Mountain West Conference game. Air Force with a strong second half, blowing Utah State out at Clune Arena, 79 to 60. Top of the Wire is brought to you by Ken Garf, Chrysler, Jeep, Dodge, Ram. Get a new jam, Jeep or Ram for less at Ken Garf, West Valley, Chrysler, Jeep, Dodge, Ram. Visit today. This, this, this is Hans Olsen and Scotty G. It's what you want. Sean Devaney, NBA writer. What are the chances of the Utah Jazz getting one all-star bid? And what are the possibilities of them maybe even getting two? I think they've got a pretty good argument to get two. You know, obviously the West is much more crowded than what you're going to see in the East. But certainly Donovan Mitchell, I think you've got to find a spot for him. As many good backcourt players as there are in the NBA in the Western Conference, I think that his numbers and the Jazz overall performance, you know, they justify him being on there. Whether they get a second one, that can depend more on how the coaches see things, but I think that the better the Jazz play, and the more they slide up in the standings, the more likelihood that you're going to have probably Gobert be the guy who uh, gets that second nod, uh, and I think he's got a pretty good case for it. Catch Hans and Scotty every day from noon to three. Presented by your Rocky Mountain Chevy dealers on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. BYU and St. Mary's. Big game in the West Coast Conference. The Cougars, according to Ken Pomeroy, our local slash national college basketball guru, BYU 30th in the country in KenPom.com's ranking. St. Mary's 29th. This showdown, oh, a, big game, yeah. a couple of NCAA tournament teams. That 29 and 30 is solidly inside the tournament right field. Right now, but yeah. Yeah, top 40. Right, there's plenty of basketball to go, and you do what the Aggies did, you can you can drop yourself several notches pretty quickly. Yeah. The Aggies dropping three in a row. They have plummeted to 78th now. Yikes. Time to bring in Roxy Bernstein. He's going to call the game. 
And he joins us now on the Sprint Special Guest Line. Lease any phone and get an iPad or Samsung Tab A for $99.99. Visit the Sprint store nearest you. Roxy, good morning. Good morning, gentlemen. How are you? Good. So, a couple of NCAA caliber teams. When you hear BYU and St. Mary's, what's the first thing you think? I think of intense. Uh, I think of exciting basketball, and, and over the years since BYU's joined the West Coast Conference, they've had some thrilling games that I hope we're set up for another one tomorrow night. You know, you look at BYU, and you can basically explain every one of their losses because with the child situation, and even when he came back to Utah, he cramped up and uh, had to leave and couldn't come back. So you can explain that. But with St. Mary's, there's some stuff I can't explain with these guys, so I'm not sure where they're at. What do you think? It's interesting because I did their game last week, and they weren't great, but they won over in San Francisco against USF. And then they travel out to Stockton on Saturday night and play UOP, and they have the four-overtime game. And, I mean, first off, they had guys like me finishing the game that were on the floor because they had nobody left with guys fouling out. And Jordan Ford just seemed like he was fatigued beyond tired. And he really labored through the end of the game. But give Pacific credit. And Damon Stoudemire got his team to play well and, and get the win, which I think surprised a lot of people. But one thing I will say about St. Mary's is they've scheduled more aggressively this year. When you look at their non-conference, and over the years, that's been a knock on Randy Bennett, right? And St. Mary's, well, they get left out of the tournament because they didn't schedule strongly in the non-conference. Well, this year, that changed for them. They, they beat Wisconsin on a neutral floor. They played Utah State already in one. They went to Phoenix and beat Arizona State. Uh, they lost to Dayton. So they have scheduled a lot more aggressively this year, maybe coming off winning the West Coast Conference Tournament last year. But it's been you know, a little bit of an uneven run for St. Mary's so far. And I think uh, some injuries have played into it with Matthias Toss being lost for the year with the torn ACL, but no, but make no mistake, this is a terrific basketball team, and you guys know how hard it is to win over in Moraga. So when you uh, look at Pacific, can you write that loss off at all? I mean, maybe, I get your point about the end of overtime, but in regulation, should they even been in this? I mean, Pacific's got a good record, but I look at their schedule. They don't have many marquee games. I mean, if you had to grade that as a loss, how bad a loss is that? How much are they going to be held accountable for that by the selection committee? Oh, they're going to be it's, – it's a bad loss. Make, make no mistake about it. Unless Pacific does something and UOP makes a run in the WCC, which I don't think anybody expects. But they're a team that's come up with some wins and they have some confidence. And Khalil Tripp had a tremendous game. But it's, it's a game where you can't allow that to happen if you're St. Mary's. You need to put it away. And I, I did think there was a bad call that went against them that would have won the game for them at the end of, I believe it was the third overtime, where there should have been a goal 10 that wasn't called that would have essentially ended the game. Uh, but you can't rest on that. You had opportunities to put the game away earlier. They didn't. They let Pacific hang around. UOP found a way to win, but it's something that I think will haunt St. Mary's because you know, you look at the other top teams at the conference. Gonzaga is not going to lose that game, and I'd have a hard time believing BYU would lose the game. So that's why I think you can't slip up in games like that because it will come back to haunt you later in the year. 
And you speak of these games that BYU wouldn't slip up on, and that has been the knock against them. It's one thing to lose the St. Mary's and Gonzaga, particularly when you're playing up there in Northern California and obviously in Washington. Uh, It's not to the point of uh, guaranteed, but it's certainly not surprising if you lose there. I've been to both those places. They are tough to play. Uh, But the problem for BYU is they've laid some eggs against some teams that they should have beaten in the last few years and they haven't made the tournament. And you can look back to those games as one of the reasons. Now, you say they're not going to do it. When you say they're not going to do it, I don't think you're speaking historically. I think you're speaking specifically this year. What gives you confidence to be able to say those are the types of games that BYU won't lose this year? Well, nothing against Dave Rose teams, because I think Dave's an excellent coach, and he certainly played an entertaining style of basketball, right? I don't know if anybody who had a more entertaining uh, offensive game than BYU had under Dave Rose, and he had a lot of success. But it's different. Mark Pope's really got this team grinding away and playing defense. And your offense may come and go. But defense will not. And if you guys are locked in on that end of the floor, then the team is going to respond. And I think that's the difference that we've seen with this BYU team is the defensive approach just seems different. And this team seems a lot more focused and paying attention to that end of the floor where in the past it was more, okay, well, darn, we gave up a bucket. Well, I can get a bucket back. Well, this group, Mark Pope, has them playing a different style of basketball. I mean, look at the other night, for example, the game against LMU. You hold a team to under 40 points in a game. And I think that's the difference with this team as opposed to teams in the past. Look, this team can score. When you look around and the weapons they have with Haas and Childs and Barcelo and, and the way these guys can, can shoot the ball, Celius coming off the bench. This is a different approach, though, I think, for BYU in terms of how they attack you. And defense will always show up, and I think that's the difference with this team. So defending is going to be hard because I have watched a few St. Mary's games this year, uh, starting with that Wisconsin game you referenced, and they played Utah State, and there have been a couple others they've been able to catch bits and pieces of. And Jordan Ford is leading them in scoring. And sometimes the guy who leads them in scoring – they get shots, you take a lot of shots, you're good, but you're not that. He seems like he is really savvy, using screens, reusing them, hitting threes off the dribble. I mean, just the look on his face, he seems like an intense, competitive dude. They've had some NBA guys. Uh, have they got another one in him? They might. Uh, there's questions about his physical build. Is mm-hmm. he strong enough? Uh, because, let's face it, he's a 6'2" combo guard. He's not necessarily a true point, but he can play the point. He and Tommy Cousy kind of share those roles for St. Mary's, but when he is locked in, I mean, look what he did to Arizona State in that game earlier this year, and Remy Martin, I think for ASU, is one of the best point guards out west, and he absolutely destroyed Remy Martin, and Remy Martin makes his name defensively, and Jordan Ford ate him up in the first 10 minutes of that game, and so Jordan Ford has got that ability. And people joke, oh, he's the Steph Curry of the West Coast Conference. He does play that kind of game. But can it translate to the next level for him? We'll see. 
but they have a great one-two combination with him and Malik Fitz. They're still trying to figure things out in the absence of Toss, and where are those points and rebounds and where those minutes going to come from. And I think it's been a little bit of a struggle for Randy Bennett to find that because it's only been a couple of weeks since the injury to Toss happened when he tore his ACL against Nevada. They've tried to go smaller, they've tried to go bigger, and I think they're still trying to figure out what's the best lineup for St. Mary's in his absence. You think the Gales are the more desperate team under the circumstances? I think so. Just coming off that loss, I think it should motivate them more, plus they're at home. But then again, you look at at BYU coming in, and for the Cougars, they get a sense this is a a, a time for us to get a a signature win. And if we're going to make a push, and and everybody thinks Gonzaga is much better than everybody else in the league, and if Gonzaga is going to run away to the title, well, if BYU is going to put some pressure on them, this is a game you can get. And if you can win this game on the road, I think it puts you right there in terms of the equation for the conference and trying to make a push at Gonzaga because these are the only two teams that people see that can really challenge Gonzaga and can they? We don't know that yet. Um, Gonzaga is right now the number one team in the country. And are they the best team in the country? We'll see. It's much more parity this year in college basketball. But if BYU or St. Mary's is going to make a push toward Gonzaga, this is a game you got to get. Roxy Bernstein joining us. He'll be calling the St. Mary's BYU game in Moraga. Uh, Gonzaga, using Ken Pomeroy, and, and Ken lives in Utah. We've had him, on, had him on the show, so we're biased to KenPom.com. But he's pretty much in line with some of the other key computer uh, analysis across the country of college basketball. He's got Gonzaga 10, St. Mary's 29, BYU 30. Those, that, those numbers put you well inside the NCAA tournament field. Do you think it's a three-bid league? Because it isn't usually. I do. I think the WCC is a three-bid league this year. When you look at the strength, and it's not just, guys, how good the top of the league is, because you need the bottom of your league to be good. And I think this is the most depth and balance we've seen in the West Coast Conference in a while, because you look at the other teams in the conference, right? Santa Clara has shown you they're a pretty good basketball team. Pepperdine at times has looked good, but then they have some puzzling losses as well. San Diego has shown well. So I, I think even Pacific and, and USF have looked good at times. So I think this is a league that is better from top to bottom, which will only help as far as the RPI goes and the power ranking. And like you guys, I do pay attention to Ken Palm also because, let's face it, he, he breaks it down as well as anybody with the numbers and statistically and analytically as there is in college basketball. And the West Coast Conference is a better league. And, uh, yes, the top teams are, are very good and definitely in the conversation for the NCAA tournament. But you also need the bottom of your league to be better and not stink because you need to get those RPI points. And I think that's going to serve the WCC well this year. So most people think of Dave Pash as the guy running the show <laughs> when Bill Walton's doing the job there. But you do it also. So A, is Bill working the game? And B, what's it like working with him? I am not with Bill tomorrow night. Corey Williams will be with me in, in Moraga. But I'll be with Bill, at, I think at some point soon. I've got to check the schedule. But it's certainly a unique experience, to say the least. It's quite different than working with whoever I have to be partnered with, whether it's Corey tomorrow night, whether it's uh, Sean Farnham, uh, whoever I happen to be paired up with. It's just different. My preparation's different. Uh, the way we present the game is different. But it certainly is, from my standpoint, enjoyable. Um, because I never know 
where the, the broadcast is going to go. And Bill doesn't clue us in. Me, the producer, director, nobody has any idea where Bill's going to go. We don't talk before the game, and he wants it that way because he wants the broadcast to be completely spontaneous and organic. And at times, yeah, it can get frustrating a little bit, but it's, it's always fun. And, you know, I go back to the, the game, what, I did in Provo with Bill. We did the uh, Utah-BYU game a, a few years ago, and it was Bill's first trip to, uh, to Provo. And so he did his tour, and he got all the spots to go. I set him up. He had dinner with Tom Homo the night before, and, and Tom then texts me saying, okay, I figured out some of the method to Bill's badness. Uh, but Bill is just so inquisitive and wants to know as much about the place that he's at going into the game. And no matter what you tell Bill before the game, there's always a chance whatever you told him could get out there on the air, and you never know. But it's certainly part of the fun of working with Bill because I, I have shocked four or five times a game with something he's going to say or even do. Like, I don't know if you guys remember, but somebody from the, the, from the Rock the BYU student section walked up to him and just gave him a, a red cup of something to drink. And Bill looked at it and took a sip right on the air with us. And I go, Bill, what are you doing? Well, I was thirsty. And, and you just take a cup from, from somebody that you don't even know? Well, yeah. And only Bill, only Bill would do that. And I guess maybe only BYU is a place in the country you can get away with that, too. <laughs> Roxy Bernstein joining us. So uh, he's having interviewed him once when he was up at Utah doing a speaking engagement. It seems like for people who think he's just completely nuts, I mean, it's definitely, uh, I don't know, an act makes it sound too fraudulent or something. But he knows what he's doing, even though it seems incredibly random, like there's a plan. And because of that, so when Tom's having dinner with him or when you're having dinner with him, he's not like that all the time, I guess, is what I'm getting to. No. And he knows exactly what he's doing. And he is prepared as any broadcaster and if you speak to whether it's one of the coaches or the media relations people, Bill leaves no stone unturned. You just don't know what direction he's going to go with the information that he gets. He works extremely hard. It's not just a complete random stream of consciousness, crazy old guy talking. There is a definite genius to Bill. He knows precisely what he's throwing out there. He is trying to incite a reaction in you watching him. He is there for entertainment. He understands. And there is there's a definite genius to what Bill is doing. And if people could just see behind the scenes what he does, they would understand uh, a lot of what Bill is about. And he, if you'll see him after games, for example, he'll be there in the state waiting until everybody either there's a, there's always a line. People wanted to take a picture, wanting an autograph with Bill, and maybe this comes from Coach Wooden in his days at UCLA. But Bill will stay there until every autograph is signed, every picture is taken, and he is wonderful with the fans and everybody, and he's so appreciative of what he's able to do and where he's at right now in his life. Roxy, we appreciate a few minutes on uh, Bill Walton, BYU, and St. Mary's. And thanks for joining us. Enjoy the game. You got it, guys. I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be fun in Moraga tomorrow night. 
Roxy Bernstein, ESPN, and the Pac-12 Networks. DJ and PK, Jay Drew's going to join us, BYU football writer for the Deseret News. He's going to join us in about 20 minutes. Just wrote a piece on a decade of independence. Uh, nine down, one to go, but whatever. He wrote it. We'll get to that next. Stay with us. Take the zone with you wherever you go. Let's go. Download the all-new Zone Sports Network app on your phone and get live streaming of the zone as well as podcast editions of every show. From Salt Lake to Shanghai, Provo to Portugal, or Ogden to Oslo, wherever you go, we'll tag along. Let's go. Download the new Zone app by searching Zone Sports Network wherever you shop for apps. It's the Zone Sports Network app. From 97.5, 1280, The Zone, and The Zone Sports Network. All right, DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. It's a win tickets Wednesday. We're going to be giving away tickets, jazz tickets, at 9.30. Make sure you are here for that. Yak, apparently you have been hard at work. People have been using the open mic, using the app. Use the open mic, send us your takes. And PK, they don't want to talk about the foul on Rudy Gobert at the end of the game. They don't want to talk about the fact... The NBA came out and said, yeah, that was a foul, and the ref should have called it. Uh, Steven tweets at us, yeah, so LeBron runs the court without dribbling people, and now the Jazz don't get called on one? Eh. Douglas, Michael Jordan, or, uh, Michael Jordan fouled Brian Russell. Good. We win. Yeah, they're not having it. Not necessarily. <sighs> Would have been a game seven. You don't know that, man. They could have fouled and missed a free throw, called timeout, and made another shot. Aha! <laughs> Do the Jazz have to vacate the win? No, William says. Okay, then. Whoopie friggin' do. Well, what people want to use the open mic for this morning is not the Gobert no-call hey, NBA talk, apology. I'll, I'll talk tennis anytime they want. They want to talk dogs. You brought it up. You had the, you had the family dog for almost a full decade. Yeah, and he passed away uh, eight days ago, New Year's Eve. Yeah, after a good long life and many romps in the park. A lot of uh, somberness in our household now. So you had the question: Will this dog go to heaven? Do dogs go to heaven? Do animals go to heaven? All right, Yak. What have the people been saying using the open mic? Give me their theories. PK, scripturally, all things were created spiritually before they were naturally placed on the face of the earth. Your dog has a spirit, a savior sacrifice for all creatures. Your dog is good to go. There it is. That is probably the most highest level of confidence we've heard. That came from K. So I did not, but in order for me to take advantage of Jesus' sacrifice, don't I have to believe in it? Now you're getting deep. Yes. I'm throwing out a question. And then, so how can an animal believe in it? I guess you're saying. But then, conversely, our good friend Brandon decided he wanted to give you a little pep talk. PK, you're starting to sound like Rudy Gobert getting snubbed from an all-star appearance. Come on, man. Pull yourself up by the boots, get another dog, and let's move on with this thing. Can't do it. Not yet? No. You, never? You're never going to have another dog? I'm not saying I'm... Yeah. I, I would bet that you're going to. I can't lock it down 100%. I wouldn't guarantee it. I don't want to go through this again. I know. And you will. But, but you lie to yourself when you get the dog. And I can't well, deny someone else if they want it. I'll worry about that in 12 years. And then you'll get a puppy and then, you know, it'll be reset. 12? Oh, I'll take 12 right now because yeah. there's no way in hell I'm going to be alive in 12 years. Really? Yeah. 
12 years? Yeah. 12 years? Come on. You work out too hard for that. No. Yeah, you're working out. And look at the longevity your parents had and your grandparents. No. You got a lot of longevity. I'll show you when I die. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, I just had yeah. a call. I, I'll, I'll come on the air. It's, PK said it would be like this. He <laughs> called his shot, yeah. sadly. I just had a call from a listener who said, PK, what? I can guarantee your dog's going to heaven. And I'm not. You've still got some work to do. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. That was. Oh, most, that's no chance. That was the most. No, I'm not form. thinking for myself. I'm thinking for my wife. Well, he just said, you got some work to do if you want to hang out with oh, your I, dog. Yeah, I got no shot there. I mean, geez, BYU has a better chance to beat Utah in football. In fact, what has a better chance of happening in sports than me getting to heaven? Oh, there it is. This Ooh, is that's too, a topic. Too short a segment yeah, for that. That's a topic. Utes closing out their season with some wins. And then we had another caller who called in and said, PK, you may not make it, but I got a couple friends that could help you out. No, they can't. All right, they're all, they, they surround me. I just look out the door. There's like 200 of them at any given time. They're called neighbors. <laughs> <laughs> Your religious neighborhood in Sandy. <laughs> Oh, yuck, you should have been there that day. You were probably in like the fourth grade, but. <laughs> Let's see, what was that, 93 when you moved in? Uh, uh, 93, yeah. So that that is a line back when we okay, had uh, JT doing traffic I'm, on a previous version. I'm glad you think I was in third grade. I was in nah. kindergarten, homeboy. <laughs> he wasn't talking about that. Uh, it wasn't oh, 93. 93, That okay. one dates back Snack. to probably about 2004. Oh, 04? I was a senior in high school. Okay. That's probably, it was in the early days and management decided we needed traffic. And so we had to do crosstalk. Uh, that's when I woke up listening to you guys every morning. She told a story about uh, mowing the lawn and she, uh, was she in her bathing suit? Is that it? It was a hot summer day and she mowed her lawn in her bathing suit. I think you asked her, her to be in her bathing suit. Na- in her religious in a- neighborhood in Sandy. No, she said she couldn't do that because her neighborhood is religious. Okay. And like, yeah, and that puts it within every neighborhood in the entire city Welcome limits. <laughs> JT had some classics. That was a good one. That was a good one. <laughs> All right, DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. We're going to talk with Jay Drew, BYU football writer for the Deseret News, reflecting on almost a decade of independence and where the football program is and where it's going. We'll talk with Jay next. Stay with us.